It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Hey, and welcome to this episode of the Social Snippet Show. This week, we had Helen Bell join us. Now, Helen has been on the show before. Not sure if you remember, but she's actually one of our freelancers that helps us deliver our social media management service, our outsource service. But Helen also has another business as well. And we talk a little bit about her background and what it is she does in that business, um, as well as covering a few social media related things. We touch on print again as well um, and just general marketing stuff. There's loads of things happening event wise within the recruitment industry, which is an industry we do a lot of work with. So we touch on that too. Uh, But without further ado, I will let you crack on in and listen to this week's show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Social Snippet Show. For a minute then, I was looking in the wrong corner of the screen and I was like, are we live or are we not live? But we are, we're here. Um, So we are live streaming on Facebook, we're live streaming on my LinkedIn profile and also on YouTube. And once again, it's Thursday, it's 12 o'clock and the Green Umbrella team are coming together to share with you essentially what we've been up to, what's been happening in our world, what's going on in the social media world. Um, And every couple of weeks, we like to bring a guest on. And this week, we've got the fantastic Helen. Um, So Helen, yeah, it's like everyone's going to point in a different place, I think. She's, She's down there. (laughs) it's it's not that I don't know my left from my right it's just that it's the camera is mirrored and it's really really confusing um anyway so Helen we'll come to in a minute but we should explain we have an absence this week Emily is not with us um Emily is hanging out at the recruitment agency expo she is, I would say she's running around like a mad thing in between sessions, talking to exhibitors and that kind of thing. Um, but Amanda, you've been with her yesterday and, and so far this morning. I know you're, you've kind of, you've ducked, ducked out of that to join this, then you'll be heading back into Rec Expo land. Um, obviously, this year it's online. So, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, good, good. So it's their first virtual um, Rec Expo they've done and you know all all credit to the team that run Expo you know they they're sort of in person they do uh, twice a year one at Olympia one at Birmingham NEC so we should be at the NEC about now and um, of course that's not happened um, I think when they were planning it back in well when they start planning the October one way ahead of time and it was always a it'll happen it'll happen you know corona will sort of die die at death um, bad turn of phrase there. No. <laughs> no, yeah, just remember we're live, Amanda. Um, we'll gloss over that. But it, it, you know, it would have been safe for us to be together in person. And um, obviously, it's what it's not. So the team at Rec Expo have had to yeah pull out all the stops and, and get it online, get the seminar program online, um, virtual stands. So you know, we'd normally have a stand there where people can come up and ask us questions. Um, so we've got a virtual booth there so uh, Emily and I have been mixing up our time between attending some of the seminar sessions there's some really great content there um, being in the virtual booth having meetings with people so they come in and kind of request to, to contact you you can do video calls so hence hence why I'm branded as well when Amanda joined the call we did comment on the fact that today she's she's branded and beautiful <laughs> I've made an effort, <laughs> effort today. <laughs> it's not always the case but so yeah, how, 
I like wearing my green umbrella rugby shirt as well. I feel like I'm proper representing. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so it is a completely different experience this year. And obviously we're, we're covering the social media um, for the Recruitment Agency Expo as well. Um, how have you kind of found the engagement? Obviously you've been popping in and out of the session. Mm. What's the engagement been like? Is it, is it kind of at the same level? Is it slightly better? What, what do you think the difference is on the, the noise, if you like, around the event? Um, it's a really good question. I think the, you know, it's hard to gauge the, you know, how many people are in each speaking slot, because obviously when you walk into a seminar room, you can see, are the seats filled? Is it standing room only? Or is it just not that popular? Um, but it certainly has a feeling, you know, from the engagement on their Twitter channel. Um, so they, they, you know, they're on pretty much all the social media platforms, but obviously some are more popular than others. So LinkedIn and Twitter in particular, um, probably because it's more business and professionals on there. Um, you know, you go in, you sort of turn your back for five minutes. So when I hop back onto Twitter after this, I'll have heaps of notifications. Um, you know, and we want to support everyone that's that's supported Rec Expo as well. You know, there's companies there that are exhibiting. There's people that have given up their time to do their presentations. So, um, so yeah, the engagement is good. And each seminar has a, a chat box, and there's certainly you know polls going on, questions being raised in there as well. So, it feels like there's there's been some good take up, um, and people kind of saying you know there's definite definite pros and cons. I mean, you know, the, the downside is you don't get to meet. And network with people in person. Um, I think the plus sides definitely are the um, no sore feet, more energy, um, and a bit more time. So uh, the presentations, obviously, people can watch in retrospect as well. So if you've had to, you know, if you've missed one because you've got a meeting, um, or if you watch one, you think that was fantastic. I need to go and catch up on it. You can watch it again. Of course, when they're in the flesh, they're not always recorded. So, um, so yeah, there's there's definite pros. Another big con, though, is that normally people rely on in-person expos to stock up on like stationary notebooks, stingy uh, stress toys, that kind of thing. So there's no swag. There's no swag this year. Although I had seen um, our friends over at um, Bishopsgate, I've seen them <laughs> posting on LinkedIn, using the hashtag for the event, basically saying, you know, if you're missing your swag, let us know. We'll send some stuff out to you as well. So yeah, it's, it's quite nice the way yeah. we're seeing other people like looking at it. And I think this this is the thing, you know, Rec Expo for us, it, that there's, essentially there's like two or three events in our calendar each year that bring us uh, you know they were ma they're massive from a lead generation perspective for us mm. the fact that we're not there in the flesh makes it kind of tricky mm. but actually if you just look at what your normal processes are and th this part of the reason why we've got Helen on because she's like the process queen literally um <laughs> but you know if you look at like your processes how you'd normally approach things and you just kind of it's not about pushing things aside and like, you know, throwing baby out with a bathwater kind of thing. It, it's about going, right, actually what we would normally do, what we want to do, how do we make that fit? Um, mm. And it is, it's silly things yeah. like that. You know, if they get a hundred messages saying, you know, yeah, well, I'd love some swag, please. And it costs them, you know, a five or a person to get that out. To be honest, they probably save some money. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, there's no no hotel fees if you're staying over um there's the middle night or the the main night of the expos often when a lot of the suppliers and their customers go to the pub and have a few cheeky drinks as well so 
that hasn't happened. So every I know, who does that? Who does that, Christy? <laughs> who does that? <laughs> but there's none of that this year either. It's so all, day two, it's everyone's all networking. It's network, yes, absolutely. Networking. But you know, so everyone's bright and sparky again on day two, which <laughs> yeah. is not always the case. Yeah, absolutely. So, Helen, that probably gives us a nice opportunity to kind of like move towards you. Um, obviously, you work, you've been on Live Lunch before. People may yeah. recognise you. Um, you're you're one of our freelancers and you you help us with, with all sorts of bits and pieces. And you're a fantastic member of the team. Um, but outside of what you do with Green Umbrella, you've got your own business. Um, and so do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I have, I have another life outside Green Umbrella as well. It's a far less, it's actually a far less exciting life probably to some people because um, I am a, I, I'm a, a process improvement specialist and I'm, I'm also an auditor, which well, we won't talk about auditing today because that really can be quite a dry subject sometimes, but somebody has to do it. So you know, here I am. Um, but one of the things that I specialise in is helping businesses um, effectively future-proof their business by just bringing some frameworks and processes and procedures to the business. And, you know, COVID has, lots of bad things have happened with COVID, but it's also demonstrated some really good, you know, that, that some really good good pieces can come out of it. And one of them is thinking about, you know, I have a I have a business, I run a business. If I can't operate or if somebody can't quickly pick up my work and, and do it because they don't understand how to, then that's a, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of resource. You can lose money, you can lose clients. So one of the things that I do is just create processes and procedures that people can follow. They're not rocket science, it's really simple stuff. But that framework just provides that 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 kind of structure in a business that lets you continue to work and move forward. At the same time, you know, it, the, the ultimate goal is to provide what we call quality management systems, which allows you to really think about your customer as a number one priority, because everything that you do, every process, every procedure effectively is to be to the benefit of your customer because you're giving them good quality products good quality service and it and it all backs from that and that's the the extra work that I've done with with you guys at Green Umbrella by standardizing the processes that you've got so taking what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and creating it into a framework where any one of us in the team can pick it up and we know how to you know we know how to operate so the day that some of us go off and win the lottery and you know sail into the sunset for 12 months um some poor devil back in the office can go oh i know how to use i know how to uh, create um create a, a you know the e-clincher portfolio i know how to add people to uh, to the crm i know how to do all of this so uh, so so yeah that's that that's what i do and and i i don't just you know my background is manufacturing but i don't just work in the manufacturing sector i there's a lot of service industry sectors um 
companies such as yourselves, insurance companies, all manner of companies that also, you know, that use these quality management systems as a framework for their, you know, for their operating principles. So, and I think it's really important you use the word framework because it's it's not like this is a process. So one of the, the big chunky things that we do that, um, that Helen, you've helped us with is our onboarding process with the client because there's so many bits and pieces involved that it is quite a, um, it's, it could be quite a messy process if we were to suddenly dump it in someone's lap. Yes. Uh, but what you've what we've been able to do is create a framework, which means that if someone comes in and things are slightly different in their scenario, actually we, we yeah. can still work to the process. It's not absolutely. like it's, it's totally rigid and we, we can't step outside of that. No, absolutely. And that's you're, that, you know, that's a really, really valid point. It, it this is a framework, and there are going to be times where you have to operate outside it. You're going to have to do something different and 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 this allows you that flexibility so you can still be that flexible no you don't want to do it all the time because there's extra time associated with that but actually having that flexibility by using the framework completely allows you to do that yeah so jane it's it's you that sort of worked closely with helen on this so are there, are there any things that kind of popped up in so all of our processes have been documented for years and years and years when it comes to working with our freelancers but actually we were looking at things and and we realized that our client facing stuff that we deal with with the with the small team here at head office that stuff hadn't been documented and where you know in lockdown we were looking at things how can we be more efficient um, you know, are there things we can automate to make our lives easier without losing the personal touch? And that's when we brought Helen in to do that work. And so, Jane, when you were looking at that with Helen, is there anything that kind of popped up that you were that made you think differently or, um, yeah, the, the approach that you needed to take? Is there anything that you want to share? Well, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting, actually, because a long time ago, I used to work in a in a big company and we went through a sort of big ISO 9001 process. And, and I do remember it, but it's you sort of don't think you think of it in terms of big companies, not necessarily in terms of little companies. So, like you said, we didn't really have those processes documented. They were scrolled out if, if effectively in a Word document. So there was something there, but it yeah, not something that was as easy for someone else to follow. So but the thing I found quite interesting working on this with Helen is sort of you you start writing down what you do and you realize it's getting longer and longer and longer quite so much when we do this so uh, the conversation I've been having with Helen is about how how you split that up you know what goes in the top level process and how you decide what goes into the sub processes while still keeping that framework as you said so that someone can follow it so yeah helena how how have you been deciding on those yeah, well that's that's it exactly and, and you know nobody can read this but jane and i have literally got you know pages and pages and pages of processes to come up with the the top level process that we created and it's only actually it, how you come up with it i think it's only actually when you start to map it and write it down that all of a sudden you look at it and you say we're saying that we're going to i, I don't know, let's take for for example we're going to create a new client's um folder in our in, in our crm how do you do that 
and you don't want to put it on this top level process on this top level one you're saying yeah we need to make we need to create one we need to make one but underneath that that's where these next layers come in that say ah yeah i need to know how to do that because that's not just the responsibility of one person several people in the business need to understand how to do that and if you want to make your business scalable then all of a sudden you don't want to be one person doing something you might want several people who are also able to perform that task and you want them to be able to do it right first time every time not make mistakes so that's where you start to decide what those sub processes look like and it, it, it it's more than usual that you know that you have a top level and then you've got you know maybe a couple of layers underneath you probably won't go down much further than that but just these these operating instructions they're not quite as you know they're not as large as as, as the top layer layer framework and process but they are a, a set of instructions that just tell somebody so maybe somebody new that's been hired to come into the business and this is their job they can pick this up on day one uh, and just work through it and they'll know exactly what to do and, and actually I think you, you made you made the point before Christina that you know I've been with Green Umbrella for what 12 about 12 months now I think and when I first came into Green Umbrella, we have, as, 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 as social mediators, this fantastic pack that tells us, you know, what to do. It's got hacks, it's got great tips, it's got how to, you know, how to do the work, your weekly reports, the types of engagement that you're looking for. It's all written down and documented really well. And that for probably for for quite a few months was my bible and i still refer you know i've got it under the desk here, and i still refer to it sometimes and it's got everything from the size of the template that you might need to create something for a linkedin post you know it, literally it has got everything you need to perform your task so so this is you know what the work that we've been doing with the process framework for your customer facing processes it's exactly the same thing mm. and if we can make if we can you know you know if it if it's as good as the mediators pack i'll be really i'll be really pleased <laughs> so i think one of the reasons that i thought it'd be useful to to have you join us is that we work with a lot of business owners who they've been doing the marketing themselves and then they're looking to you know they need to not be doing that they need to pass that on to someone else in their team and you know we're saying consistency matters it's consistency 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 that's going to get you the results if you take the creative element out of it essentially you're just following a process it is like it's a cutter isn't it and and i think i think this is one of the things where um you know it, it's it's like we we think about different parts of our business in different ways when we were creating what we call the social mediators handbook it probably took a good week or so but we got everything everything was documented and it was quite an easy thing to to think about okay what are the what are the functions that need to be completed essentially and get those get those down on paper whereas looking at these um yeah, looking at these sort of 
more internal, more under the skin processes that we just do between us. It's been really, really hard. And I think for some business owners, looking at what they're doing from a marketing perspective, to write that up as a process, to be able to hand that off to someone else is going to be quite tricky. So what advice would you give them if they were looking at, at doing that? I, I think if you're if you're looking at doing at, at doing that, what you what you need to do is take almost for a start, take the human element out of it. So because a lot of people will will say I'm documenting my process, but actually what they're doing is they're writing a list, um, and it'll be it'll be a list of you know that says. Uh, Helen does this and Amanda does that and it's it's not actually you're not actually documenting the process you're just saying who does what and how do they do it so do, 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 do you understand what, what I mean it's not formalized in any way and because it's not formalized it's then you you can't formally document it and you can't say this is the process that we are going to use this is how i'm going to approach my marketing campaign and every time i do it it's going to be exactly the same and i'm going to use the same steps and and actually what i might do is i might tweak those steps sometimes because i may not have a winning formula at the moment but documenting the process allows you to do understand what you do how you do it when you do it and then you can sort of you can almost sit back and say does that work does that work every time what would be better you know what what would be a better approach or what should i keep what could i change so it so it allows you by documenting it it allows you the opportunity to continuously improve as well um and also you might find that for a marketing process, for instance, that something works really well for a group of clients, but actually you have to change that process and do something different for another for another customer base or another client base because nobody, you know, no two are the same. So you can't you can't have a one size fits all for everything. Mm -hmm. But um, but but certainly not having you know. If you write down the process, it, I can guarantee that nine out of ten people that write down a process will just write a list. It's a list of activities, and it's quite a quite a personable list. But you just it, it, it's it's formalising it and creating that formal flow and looking at the flow as well. You know, I was really surprised when I did like the client onboarding, for instance, at the the number of activities. For green umbrella to onboard a client and the different processes that you have to go through and the backwards and forwards and you know one of these days we might look at it and say wow is, is that actually does everything happen in the right order and how long how long does this all take so that's the other the one thing that we probably haven't looked at yet is should there be a set time for this how long should this take or is it um you know does it does it just take as long as it does you know how long you know it's a, it's a good conversation to have to say you know from the moment that we agree a client you know a client's going to come on board to the moment that we actually set off working creating you know and and, and it's day one week one of the social media work how long should that take how long should it be 
So generally, we say four weeks. And there are occasions where Emily and Jane gang up on me and Amanda <laughs> because a client's, a client's gone, yeah, but we've, we've got this thing happening. And we're like, that's in like two weeks' time. Yeah, we can get you up and running by then. It will be fine. And the reality is the reason we say four weeks is there's essentially four weeks of stuff that we need to do in the background. Yeah. And it's, you know, and certain things we do where the client needs to review content and approve it. And, yeah, sometimes we... <laughs> it's all human. It's, when, it's, when it's based on human, human interactions... Um, and particularly with clients, it's it's quite difficult sometimes to actually put a, put a time bound process together, isn't it? You 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 can try and you can try and do it, but sometimes it's quite it's quite difficult. It's not like making a you know making a car building a car or something. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, cool. Okay, so. Mark, you've been very quiet. Let's pick on you. What have you been up to this week? What have you got to share with us? Uh, well, it's, it's been a mix of things, really. But obviously, um, you you blogged about it, I think, the other week. A few Christmas things have sort of uh, started to creep into the mix. So we're, we've got a few clients doing sort of um, obviously Christmas cards, uh, but also sort of promo things, which sort of relates to the uh, the Rec Expo stuff as well. So a few clients doing sort of mouse mats and things like that, ready for the for the new year. So that's been a been a few. Scary, bit. isn't it? Scary, isn't it? But people are going to think about mailing them out, I suppose, or or dropping them off, depending on what um you know safety regs and local restrictions are in place. Then they need them by the end of November, beginning of December, yeah. don't they? It's like a yeah. month. Yeah, I mean the, the the couple of clients that we uh, that we've been speaking to about the mouse mats and things, they do a bit of both, I think. So one one client does still have face to face contact with with their market anyway, so that is a bit of a handover job for them. Mm. Uh, but then the other one is going to be probably a bit of mix this year. Um, you know, they're not out and about seeing clients, but so they'll be posting them, and then hopefully next year they will be sort of back back out a bit more. So, but yeah, so, so yeah, it's been all good. But then, sort of relate to Helen's stuff and processes. Obviously, we're looking at things in the background for the print kind of stuff as well. Yeah. So, hopefully, we'll be uh, relaying that back to the rest of the team. I so thought we're going to talk about the thing we're not allowed to talk about. Then, yeah. well, no, 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 we're not not allowed to talk about it. It's the first rule of is not to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a coming soon. Watch this space cliffhanger yeah, yeah. We, we've got we, we've got things that we're very excited about going on in the background thanks to some of the work that um that we've been doing identifying how to become more efficient um so yeah it's exciting i want to tell the world about it not yet <laughs> not ready a couple of weeks hopefully. you're no fun you're no I know. fun i know sorry but no it's all good but on, on the other side of things print print has definitely sort of started to come back into the mix even more in the last couple of weeks as well. So I was speaking to that about client the other day and and you know obviously during lockdown people weren't sort of using uh too much of the, the printed kind of stuff certainly business to business but now definitely there's things happening and there's opportunities where people want to market themselves, you know, whether it be by direct mail or or sort of door drops and things like that. So yeah, it's all good. Excellent. And Jane, are you still in um, 
just like burying yourself in a whole world of Facebook advertising or have you come up for air to play with anything else this week? I've been sorting out a few blogs and things, but yeah, really, I'm just buried in big advert campaigns for three different clients at the same time. So I keep my mind in the right actual product for each person or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's been really good, actually. I, I, my advert knowledge is actually getting much, much better because these are quite big ones to do. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's um, Jane's been working on some campaigns at the minute where we've had to be really, really targeted with the audiences that we create. And if you know, if you know anything about Facebook ads, you, you essentially have three types of audience. So you have a saved audience, which is something where you create and you just use like the, the demographic options and, and the psychographics, so like your interests, that kind of thing. Then you can save that and use it again and again. You've got custom audiences, which you can create based off um, people visiting your website or people that engage with your content or email lists, perhaps. Um, and then you've got lookalike audiences that takes that data. And basically, um, Facebook will mine the information they have to create um, a, an audience that is essentially, you know, maybe it's the top 5% or the top 2% of people in that location that fit that custom audience data set. And it, it is, once you start to get granular and you're including this audience, but excluding that one, or you've got two audiences and you're thinking, how much of a crossover is there here? Do I use both? Do I just use one? And it's it's kind of, you, you just disappear down a rabbit hole. And you're, you know, and it's kind of, you it's really hard when you're juggling all these different audiences and testing the Facebook ads and that kind of thing to actually then come out of it and go back in again and pick up where you left off. It's the, the, the level of detail we get going into these particular clients to get the results that we need is, um, is quite tricky. So yeah, it, it would seem that Jane's quiet from an internal comms perspective this week, but it's just, she's just buried in data. I think I've worked with um, Jane on a couple of Facebook ad campaigns now. And the one thing that was music to my ears, I think, was um, it was a, was it a week or so ago that Facebook finally announced that if you had images, you could put text on your images on ad campaigns because there have been a few clients that we've worked with and they 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 have these they give you these great images that have got text all over them and you're like i can't use it because if i use it facebook will just bin it off the algorithms in facebook won't accept the text and and i think that change is going to really help as well because it is a really it's quite a difficult conversation to say to somebody look i know what you want to say and and, and it's a great, you know, you've given us a great template. However, we can't use it because all we need is, is like one word and a, and, and a picture. So all of the time and effort that you've spent is is, is for nothing. So, but Facebook, they change like the wind sometimes, don't they? Or what they want to do. But but that was a big that was a big learning point for me when I worked with Jade. On, uh, on on Facebook ads and and hopefully you know that will really help improve things for some of the campaigns that we do in the future I think definitely well me and Amanda yesterday uh, or the day before we said all of a sudden it was like oh my god we can put it on the image <laughs> we were like, how can we put yeah. this 
get this text into an advert and then it was like an epiphany it could go on the image yeah it was like wow <laughs> that's going to make the world change yeah i mean it is so it's that yeah they removed the 20 percent rule um so you know the only the only sort of caveat i put on that is don't go mad don't don't start stuffing everything with text because i don't think that's going to work either um but I, yeah, I am definitely watching the ads that I'm seeing in my feeds on Facebook and Instagram to see what differences, what differences happen, and you know what, what trends we start to see across adverts. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, cool. So what have I been up to this week? I've um, I've been doing some training in public speaking, trying to create a world where I don't just like rabbit on and on and on pointlessly not sure it worked probably need a bit more practice um and um and i've been um preparing so this afternoon at half past two so we talked about the recruitment agency expo already but there's um, another event going on for the recruitment industry as we speak um, and that's the supplier showcase that's being run by an organization called members only so i'm speaking for them at half past two today um talking about 20 social media content ideas and i've got a few tools and things to throw in there as well um but i've only got 30 minutes and i was putting my slides together and, and thinking yeah i should have probably done like 10 or 15 content ideas i'm going to be whipping through that content as quickly as possible and um, all being well um, the lovely simon lewis who i'm going to be saying lots and lots of nice things about between now and half past two um, I'm hoping he's not going to tell me off or get cross with me if I do run over. But I've, I know the stuff I've got to share is really, really valuable, See, even if I do say it myself. <laughs> the thing about the virtual event is that they kind of can just cut you off. At half, uh, you know, go over your time limit. It's harder in, in person. You kind of have to yank somebody off the stage and go, no, that's it. Whereas if it's a virtual event, they can literally press mute or they can kick you out of the thing. So that is, yeah, yeah, I think that's a time-bound process. You see, that is they have a process there. <laughs> yeah, I guess cutting you off like that—it's like the proverbial old-fashioned hook coming out from the side of the. Yeah. Uh, do, you think, do you think there's a Do you think there's a process that all the recruitment event managers like just share, and it's like how to get Christina to stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you, if you work to overrun, you, you're not going to be the first and you won't be the last. So I wouldn't worry. But, and the content, we know the content you share is always a, always a good takeaways, lots of takeaways in them. So I've just put Paul's comment up on the screen there. Who would dare to cut Christina off? I knew there was a reason I liked you. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Okie dokie. So, um, like yeah, lots, lots and lots going on. Amanda, I know you need to get back to um, to the expo and and I do to help Emily out. She's on on her own, running around supporting everybody at the moment. So um, so yeah, I might dip off at least. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and like I said we've you know thanks Helen so much for joining us today. Really, really, it's lovely. It's lovely to it's lovely to talk to everybody out there about you know 
the social the social media work uh, and the, the marketing work and the blog writing I you know I'm so passionate about it and it's you know I really really enjoy it but it's it's great to also put my other hat on and to talk about things that I I, I think are really important just because it's it's helping everybody's business you know you know go forward into the future it's you know if this can help people think about you know what do I really want to do to sort of enhance my customers experience make myself more efficient make myself more scalable then you know I, then that's you know that's also something I'm really passionate about talking about so, so yeah thank you very much it's been a it's been a pleasure so what you need to do is pop your contact details in the comments on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and then we can make sure if people want to reach out to you, have a chat, yeah, they can come out to you directly. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's cool. So we'll wrap up there. Um, thanks, everyone, and people tuning in. Paul, our resident stalker, thank, thank you for joining us, as always. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll see everyone next week, Thursday at 12. Unfortunately, Mark won't be with us. Um, he's, he's taken a break from us for a few days. He's had enough now. Um, but, but he'll be back the week after, I'm sure, and we can fill him in on all the gossip then. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.